welcome to the ABCA's podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Brownlee. Welcome to the ABCA's mini-series, Father and Son. In this series, we cover the coach-player and parent-child relationship through the eyes of the coach and their sons who played for them. This is a truly unique relationship, and this mini-series should be of value to any coach, parent, or player. Thanks for tuning in, and please enjoy Father and Son. Next up on the Father and Son mini-series, we have Lee, Justin, and Eric Toole. Justin and Eric played for Lee at Lewis Central High School in Council Bluffs, Iowa. Both were all-state players in high school. Both went on to have great careers at the University of Iowa, and both played professionally, Justin with the Indians and Eric with the Marlins. Lee had over 900 career wins at three different high schools and is the president of the Iowa High School Coaches Association. Welcome to Father and Son. All right, we're here with Lee Tool, Eric Tool, and Justin Tool. Um, known all three for a long time now, and um, appreciate all three of you jumping on with me. Um, I'm going to ask you specific questions as we go. This is a mini series that we're doing with the ABCA. It's Father and Son. So I've reached out to, to a lot of different coaches and, and their kids to, to get on, and we have some great stories, so I'm excited for everybody to hear your guys' stories. Uh, Lee, jumping right in, um, was high school your first experience coaching either one of your boys? As a head coach, yes. Um, I was around both of them growing up, obviously, and when they played in their youth sports and no matter what sport it was, we were always around them and, and with them. But as a head coach, that was my first experience with both. Where So organized sports-wise, when was your first interaction with them coaching? Oh, heck, probably back when they were, what, six, seven years old when they were doing t-ball. And and um, then they moved into soccer. And, and then they, I didn't do much basketball with them and much soccer just because of the – I'm Justin always got accused of being a co-kicker. So we had to work on that soccer-style approach. So I didn't have the knowledge of a soccer guy, but um, um, it, was, it was probably always the baseball into things that you know my, I was involved with them. Um, I kind of let the other coaches do their thing with the basketball, the soccer, the track, and things of that nature. And Eric and Justin, what was your guys' perspective on that growing up? You know, when you were younger, was it okay with with dad coaching you guys? How was your perspective with that? Yeah, so I would agree um, with what he said there. He helped out a lot growing up, whether it was youth. Um, he was there, my games, even though he wasn't coaching all the time, but yeah, him being a coach for baseball was, was helpful for me. And I like his approach of letting other coaches teach me other sports as well. So I can learn from more than one person. I think that was really big on what he just said there too, to allow us to learn knowledge from more than one coach. Justin, what about you? Yeah, I completely agree. Um, you know, I think one of my memories growing up, uh, with other sports is whenever I struggled or whenever I wasn't doing well, um, the first thing you do is you go to your parents and is like, you know, why is this happening? Or I'm not playing as much as I would like, or I'm not doing this or that. And the thing that, that they always taught me was, you know, put your head down and go back to work. If you, if you have a problem with something, go talk to the coach. So it was always kind of like, you know, they were, 
they were there as parents and they supported what we were doing, but it was always like the team and the coaches that I had at the time. That was kind of the, the environment that I was responsible for. And it was, it was my, uh, my responsibility to make sure I was doing what I needed to do. So I think growing up, they did a great job of kind of letting us explore different athletics and different things that we wanted while being supportive, but also understanding the, the role that the other coaches had. And Lee, I'm kind of bouncing around with, with a lot of different questions. I was writing a ton of them down last night, but um, what did coaching Justin first in high school help you with then coaching Eric in high school? Oh, it, it was a difference. Um, Justin was more um, go, 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 bouncy. Um, and you knew that when you coached him at Iowa. I mean, he was nonstop. Um, you had to calm him down. You had to get him to listen. You had to get him to focus, work on one thing. He was always wanting to change things. Um, so he was more get up and go after it, um, where Eric was more low key and calm. And, and, uh, you know, he, he would often laugh at me, uh, at times when I would yell at him to do something and he would say, I'm, I'm getting there. And, and he would, you know, he'd eventually do it, but it was at a little slower pace than the other one. But, um, Justin wasn't, you know, going into, uh, to, to coaching the boys, my wife and I had a lot of conversations and, and of course, uh, you know, her wisdom ranked high in, in what you do, but, uh, um, and the boys will know that cause they'd come home and have to do soft toss with mom if they didn't hit well in a game. But, um, um, Justin was, was a different approach. Um, and, but the best thing that probably happened was the first day of high school practice. I don't know if you'll remember this, that, uh, he made some wise crack and some comment at the end of practice. And I yelled at him and as he's walking off, uh, he, he, he was running his trap and, and saying something. And I had a huge assistant coach, Chad Stalzer guys, about six, five. He just walked over and grabbed him and pulled him off the side and said, Hey, you know, if you're, you treat your dad, like you would any other coach, you know, when you get home, he's your dad and you can treat him the way you want at home and you guys can go at it. But here in the field, you treat him like any other coach. And they had, they had a good conversation from that day on, you know, Justin and I didn't have any, it didn't have any hiccups other than, you know, just a coach being on a son's case or on a player's case, you know, to get something done. But both boys did very well. I didn't really have any problems at all coaching either of them, but there was a difference between the two, just in their personalities and, and their, their way of doing things. And Justin and Eric, how do you guys, how did you guys handle that? Uh, you know, trying to separate between uh, father, son, player, coach. Uh, I, I think playing for a dad in college is, is different than high school because the maturity level may not be there yet. So how did you guys handle the differences between the, the father, the son and the player coach? Because I think in high school, you're way more apt to take things personally because you're just not there yet from a maturity standpoint. So how did you guys handle th those relationships? So building off that story, that was a story that I was planning on sharing, uh, <laughs> talking to, uh, to coach Salzer, but that was, uh, that was kind of an eye opener for me that, you know, I have friends that are on the team and stuff like that. And, and one thing that he told me was when you're at the field, he's your coach, when you're off the field, he's your dad. And so stubbornly, because I'm stubborn, um, I was like, well, if that's how it's going to be, then he's going to be coach off the field and on the field. So I would say that our relationship was, was good when we were, when I was playing for him, but I would say that we got even closer when I was done playing, um, just because of that dynamic and not necessarily that it was good or bad. Um, but more of just like trying to find that, that sweet spot of dad and coach is tough sometimes. And so I would say that I probably erred on the side of treating him more like coach than dad throughout high school, just because of that dynamic and having friends on the team and friends, you know, being around the house and being around the family, um, not during baseball season. It's always kind of that, that interesting dynamic being the coach's son. So I would say that I probably erred more on the side of him being 
coach when I was playing for him throughout high school. But then I think it was more of dad and our relationship got a lot stronger going into college. And then after going through that experience, Eric, what about you? So for me, I would say he was more, he was coach for me, but he was more on the soft side for me. I, I I'm good at getting underneath um, his skin and making him laugh a lot. So for me, I remember my first game that I played, my mom shared this story with me after he came home. I, I remember my first at bat, I laid down a drag bunt, you know, got on base with my, with my speed. Second at bat, I hit one off the wall. And I remember my dad coming home and telling my mom, I don't know if this kid's going to bunt. I don't know if he's going to hit a home run. I don't know what this kid's going to do. And, and so it's more of getting, getting my dad to laugh and have fun, that more relaxed, laid back. Um, I know when my brother played, they couldn't wear white cleats. I wore white cleats. Um, couldn't have long hair. I had long hair. Um, so just those things that, that my dad had as rules, my brother played when I got up there, I like, I, I'm, I was more of a, a son kind of father son relationship rather than a coach. And I think that was good for us. Cause I, and, and my team, we weren't as talented as my brother and some of the, the guys I had on there. So more of that relaxed, laid back, funny, joking around relationship really helped our team for sure. And for people listening in, what's the age range for you guys? My brother and I are four years apart. And, and Justin, you said you'd called him coach. Like my brother and I both called my dad coach all through through college. And then even when we started coaching with my dad, he was he was always coach. He wasn't dad. It would, it would crack people up. But what's the age range for you guys just for people listening in? Yeah, so I six years, I believe. I'm six yep. years older than Eric. Um, and mine was opposite. I was, he's always been dad. I don't know if I've ever really ever called him coach. Other than if I was joking around or being sarcastic, but in my mind, he was always, he was always a coach when I was playing. So now, now I refer to him as Lee. (laughs) (laughs) There's no coach. There's no dad. It's Lee. What were the biggest takeaways for you guys that helped you with college and then professional baseball with what you guys went through in high school with your dad? I think, uh, I think for me, um, my parents are, have really high expectations. So the expectation um, playing for him was always, you're going to go in, you're going to work hard. You're going to put your, your head down and work. And I think that was something that getting into college and being on your own, um, those were things that, uh, stuck with me and allowed me to have success in college and ultimately in in professional baseball. Um, but I think there's a lot of things growing up in the house of teachers that you kind of learn growing up that you don't necessarily understand, or you don't necessarily know that actually help you until after the fact, when you go back and look at, at different things in terms of like communication, in terms of compassion and caring about teammates, caring about others, um, things like that, that, you know, in, in college and professional baseball, it can be competitive, but that relationship and creating those, those relationships with your teammates is important. Um, and, and another thing that he always did, and I think looking back, this is kind of where my, my kind of love for psychology came from is, is he would always post motivational, messages and put things up in the dugout and was always trying to share quotes and motivate. And I think that kind of sparked my interest into motivation and into, um, you know, understanding how people work and how they think and how they tick and things like that. So I think a lot of that stuff that I learned from him and and my mom growing up more of now that I look back on it, it was like, wow, I didn't necessarily know that I learned that or didn't necessarily know I got that from them. But looking back on it, it's evident that that's where where it came from. Do you feel like that helped you the most after your freshman year? For people that are listening in, um, Eric and Justin played for me at Iowa, and Justin's freshman year probably didn't go exactly how he wanted. Eric um, probably had a little better freshman year. Both had great college careers and both got a chance to play professionally after that. 
Um, do you feel like that helped you the most your freshman year? Because that, tough, tough year, and, and that would have buried some guys. You know, and, and to your credit, you went back home. Uh, you played in the Omaha League after your freshman year and then came back, and you were a completely different person. Um, you know, it, it, did that help you the most probably after your freshman year? For sure. You were being really nice. My freshman year was absolutely <laughs> I, your performance was I, terrible. So. I'm older now, too. And, <laughs> you know, I, I that's all part of the process. And I think I used you as an example with um, when I would coach after that as a guy that, okay, here's a guy that didn't have a great freshman year, but didn't feel sorry for himself, took that as a learning opportunity and grew from it. And I don't know if you would have been a good, as good a player uh, your sophomore, junior, and senior year of college if you hadn't struggled like that as a freshman and figured out how to work through it because then you really didn't struggle hardly at all after that. Yeah, no, I, and I think it goes back to what I kind of talked about before was just that mentality of growing up. It was always if my performance wasn't what I liked or if I wasn't playing as much as I would have liked or things like that, I would always go and have conversations with them, and the first thing that they would say is, well, how can you fix it? You can sh- – basketball was something that would always come up. If I wasn't happy with, with my performance in basketball, it was always go out and shoot more free throws or take more shots in the driveway, like find ways to work on your dribbling or things like that. So I think that mentality growing up was always there so that I knew after my freshman year, you know, going back to my mom and dad, the same message came up like, well, what can you work on? What are, what are things you can improve on? How, you know, find a way to go work to achieve what you want to achieve and, and kind of hard work. And, and that mindset was something that was always there. And I, I definitely think that that helped me through that because it was almost um, kind of like motivation of, you know, I didn't do well my freshman year. What can I do over the summer to go back and prove that, that that was a fluke and that that wasn't really the type of player I was. But I think that comes back to the, just the mentality that they instilled growing up of taking ownership and accountability for um, your own career and understanding that I can control that. And it's, it's not a coach's decision. It's not, you know, another player or anything like that, that can control that. It's my work ethic and me, you know, going to work and, and doing what I can to get better. And I've used you as an example with other coaches also, because it's a good example of if you're a quick trigger coach, you have a guy that has a, a fr- rough freshman year like that, you may cut that guy loose and you have to be patient with some guys because it does take some guys some time to figure that out. Lee, what about coaching Eric and Justin helped you after they were gone uh, with the teams that came behind them and dealing with, with players that came behind them? I think Eric made a good point. You know, things changed between when Justin played for me, when Eric played, I was more of a traditional old school type of coach and we wear black cleats. We don't mix any colors. You know, you wear your hat this way. You don't flip it backwards. When you show up to practice, you better have your baseball gear on and be ready to go and things like that. And Justin taught me that, that, Kids and motivation was changing. Um, Kids weren't the same as they used to be towards work ethic or towards getting there on time and and things of that nature. And that I had to learn how to be more flexible and and change some of my philosophies so that the kids would enjoy being there. Um, Being around Justin, like he said, like Eric made the comment Eric made, that Justin's team was probably more talented. Should have probably went to state four straight years, went two of the four, um, had some great baseball players, uh, had some work ethic. But it was more like a job. They were coming to work to play. Where with Eric's group, it was more let's have some fun. Let's make let's put some fun into practice. Um, you want the guys to show up, so we're gonna have to change some things. So can you give some examples of that? that? You know, when you say fun at practice, can you give some some examples um, of that? Instead of having just a straight practice to where you're doing hitting ground balls, some fly balls, do your laps, you know, do, do those things, we'd throw in a game of twenty one or throw in um, 
split the team up and, and let them go against each other. Or Eric could go out in the mound and maybe throw a little BP and we'd, we'd block off an area in the outfield and, and play um, 500, you know, things like that. So we tried to incorporate some fun into practices because his the kids that he played with are more bought into that style of coaching and they were successful in their own way. Um, again, you know, they made it to the sub-state finals a couple of years, didn't make it to state like Justin's group did, but they, yet they were successful uh, winning conference and, and probably having more success than they normally should have as a group. Um, so again, changing through that taught me a lot between the two. And for people listening in, Lee runs the Iowa High School Coaches Association, longtime Iowa coach, over 900 wins, uh, you know, most of it at, at Lewis Central over by Omaha. And, um, you know, Lee, what were probably your biggest challenges with coaching them with, with other parents? Um, obviously, when, when you start them as freshmen, that, you know, are they really that good? Um, should they be playing? The only reason they're playing is because of the coach's kid. You know, you, you hear all that all the time. Fortunately, both of them had a breakout game early in their freshman year, which kind of woke some people up. Um, for Justin's, the one that sticks in my mind is we used to have a, a, a big 16-team tournament early in the, the year on a weekend, and Harlan was in, in it that year. And Coach B, you know Harlan's a traditionally strong 3A size school in Iowa, many state championships, and they come prancing in to play us in the championship game. And Coach Degas has a son, Zach, who is a all, returning All-Stater. Um, as a senior. And so I threw Justin against him and Justin ends up striking out 12 or 13 guys. And we end up 10 running them. And, and I think that proved to people that, wow, he, he beat the mighty Harlan team. And, and he had a couple hits that game and did some very good things um, for Eric. Um, luckily we, we had another coach within our district, an older gentleman um, that, that liked Eric and would come to the games and watch Eric. And uh, we even pitched Eric a few times <laughs> later in his career, um, which we didn't, uh, kill you with coach B at Iowa, but, um, he, um, he came in and, and did some things with the bat and his speed on the bases that, you know, this other coach would just turned to Paris and say, that's why he's playing. And, uh, both of them, again, because of their skill level and their talents proved that they were able to play at that level and they deserved to play. Eric and Justin, um, Eric, go first. What are you guys doing now with baseball? So I live in Iowa city now. Uh, I moved back here last August, not this last August, the year before, uh, and I work at an indoor facility called Diamond Dreams, and I also just bought into that company as well. So I'm part owner. Uh, we are building a brand new facility out in North Liberty that should be done by this fall. So I, I just I'm giving back to the area that I, I played played around here for four years, and and I love helping out youth teams, the Tigers organization around the area. We are partnered with the Iowa Sticks teams um, in Des Moines with Pat Mahoney or Pat Yasnich and Mike Mahoney. Um, so we got a lot of good things going on around here. What are you guys doing with your guys right now? Are you doing online stuff? How are you yeah, helping so with instruction right now? So we have clubhouse meetings where we meet a group of 16 guys and we break down video through Zoom like we're doing right now with you. We'll go through huddle technique, break down video, compare video week to week, even position position uh, type drills, fielding, outfield, base running, anything that we can do to keep those guys busy right now. Yeah. Uh, we're in meetings at least once every Monday, once every Thursday. And, and if those guys want to hop on more, I'm, I'm open to it if they reach out to me. Yeah. Go ahead, Justin. Yeah, so I live uh, in Copley, Ohio, um, right outside of Akron, about 25 minutes south of Cleveland. Uh, I'm currently the uh, hitting analyst um, on our major league team uh, with the Cleveland Indians. Um, so uh, – 
after college was, you know, in professional baseball for seven years and then had the opportunity to coach in the Indians organization. So this will be my 12th season in the organization, my first year on the major league staff. That doesn't seem possible that it's been 12 years. It's crazy. Uh, it's actually an 11 year uh, anniversary of breaking my arm today um, in college. So I just had to throw that out there. Yeah. And uh, for people listening in, um, Justin had a great career after his freshman year and um senior year he was gonna get drafted and right at the end of the year got hit uh is aj actor right uh michigan yep. state um he and i actually talked about that uh this fall when i took the abca job because we were talking about barnstormer stuff and so he and i actually he still remembered it and we talked about it um it's uh amazing you know just the adversity that you went through, um, you know, and then went to independent ball for a little bit and luckily got picked up by the Indians. That doesn't happen for everybody. So fortunate that that happened for you. Yeah. Fortunately, you didn't cut me after my freshman year. (laughs) (laughs) Lee, this has to be gratifying for you with, with both of them still involved with baseball. Um, you know, can you talk about that a little bit uh, being a father that that's been in baseball, uh, your whole life and now what it means to you that with both of them being in baseball? I'm very proud of both of them. You know, they, they went separate ways in, in the way they've approached things. Um, they both were involved professionally and, and had got to experience that, which is a dad, you know, that's pretty cool to have both your boys in the minor leagues and, and running around at spring training, watching them play and, and all of that. Um, and, and like, again, their mom and I have talked many times that we gave both of them an opportunity to choose the route they wanted to go. Um, we didn't put pressure on them that, you know, Justin had a scholarship offer that he could have went to college for free for four years, but they were a division two school. He wanted to play D one. So we let him make the choice. And again, we wanted the boys to make a decision. Eric from day one wanted to go to Iowa, um, had some interest in Nebraska. We always joke about that, but, um, um, he went to a tryout, had some negative comments and said, Nope, I want to go to Iowa. And that's the choice I'm going to make. And I'm going to go there and he you know, committed to you guys early. Um, and he's always been in Nebraska. Uh, both boys have been Iowa guys and kind of uh, have that little rub with Nebraska. But, um, um, you know, they have accomplished things that that as a father you dream of. Um, again, Justin's in, in professional ball on major league squad as a coach now and something that he's going to do very well at. And, and, you know, down the road, he may end up um, um, being a major league manager. Eric is part owner now of the Diamond Dreams facility, which a guy at his age being an owner is, is pretty impressive. And who knows where that's going to go from here. So they're both you know, doing things that, that parents dream of. They're successful. They're enjoying what they're doing and, and uh, um, living, living life, living a dream. I think you're going to see common bonds with this miniseries um, of the parent letting the, the child figure things out and not forcing them into one thing or the other and, and letting them create their own path. We're going to see a lot of common bonds with that. And you talked about your mom and um, I love your guy's mom. You know, how did she, you know, Lee said she, she'd take you out and soft toss with you. How did she factor in all of this through your high school and then your college and, and professional experiences? Yeah. So before every youth <laughs> game, it was got to get mom's front tossing. Let's go get mom's front tossing. She she hung a net from our deck and then they, they hung uh, nails that, that kind of flipped back over so the balls wouldn't move. And we had to get her five, ten swings. The van's packed. The doors are open. We go take our five, six swings. All right, you ready to go. Let's head out. And it, it, was, always, it, it, was, always, it was always mom was the reason why you did well that day. It wasn't, wasn't dad. It was you got your front toss in. You did well. 
it was mom's his mom's uh working there instead of you know dad who put all the hours in but she no she's awesome um she's very supportive she's always there for us as well um so she was a big part of, of my career too yeah for me it was always I, I'm, I'm a perfectionist so uh, I always put a lot of pressure on myself to go out and, and perform and if it wasn't perfect I usually found a way to be upset um, and, and usually it was my dad calming me down at the field and then me getting home and my mom you know letting me know what I did wrong or letting me know what I need to do better um, you know for the next day and I think she would tell you that Eric was probably a better hitter than me and she would say it's because he did more of the, the soft toss and the front toss in the driveway than I did so um, she'll, she'll take credit for that, but, uh, but no, it's, it's, it's very supportive. Um, you know, it's one of those kind of tough love environments growing up of, you know, you, you come home and, and you'll want that, um, you know, someone to tell you you're right and that everything's going to be okay. And it necessarily wasn't that, but there was always, you know, the caring and compassion there, but it was more of like, this is on you. It's, it's up to you to figure it out. If you want me to help you, I'll help you. But, you know, I'm not going to give you the answers. I'm not going to, you know, push you in this direction, tell you what you have to do. You, you figure it out on your own and I'm here to help you along the way. Eric, how much did you lean on Justin then when you got to Iowa and then professionally, how much did you lean on him? I know there's a, a wider gap in, in age range with six years. How much did you lean on him in college and then professionally with what was going on with you? Uh, he was a big part of what I did at Iowa and what I did professionally. Just seeing what he went through, um, the challenges he overcame, the obstacles that you guys have already talked about, how he struggled his freshman year. What did I need to expect when I came out of freshman year? How hard do I need to work? What do I need to do? How do I balance school uh, with, with baseball? How, how do I keep my grades up? And then throughout college, uh, I just I talked to him on a regular basis and, and kept in touch with him and how he was doing in the minor leagues, the pros, things like that. And that, that led into professionally as well. Just, you know, professional baseball is a little different for the people that understand that and, and how to prepare for that. And, and you know, you're not going to play every day, but when you play, you need you need to make the most out of your opportunity. Have to be ready. Someone might get hurt. You might might get scratched this game. You're going in here, pinch hit here. So just being ready at all times would be probably the biggest thing that he taught me is there's never a, an opportunity to waste. Um, you always have to be ready to go. And, and if you're not ready to go, someone behind is going to be ready to go. So having that drive, he, he, he added a little more drive to what I, my dad was talking about, how I was more of a calm, relaxed, kind of chill. He added a little bit more of an urgency to me um, when it came to my career and being ready to go and, and wanting to uh, excel and succeed. And this question for all three of you, and um, Justin, I'll let you go first because you have done a lot of research on the learning environments. Um, give me some of your biggest tips to help uh, youth parents, players, coaches, high school, uh, even college um, with learning environment stuff. Can you touch a little bit on that? Yeah. So uh, something I'm super passionate about, I uh, just finished a master's program in performance psychology and a lot of it, um, kind of my interest with that was motivation and creating a learning environment. Like you said, um, I think one of the biggest things and, and talked about it in the ABCA, I think Jamie Carroll mentioned it is like in the youth section, in the youth sector, you know, your biggest goal is you want the kids to have fun and come back. Um, so finding a way to, um, you know, have fun and, and have kids explore different movement patterns. So obviously baseball is a very skilled and technical sport, but finding ways for athletes to, 
you know, figure out the way their body moves um, is, is huge and important. I think it's really easy to cookie cut and, and put kids in drills and in situations where, hey, you have to do this and you have to do that. I think it's super important to put kids in drills that give them options to do different things. So instead of just telling a kid, hey, I'm going to hit you 20 ground balls, you have to backhand every single one of them. It's, hey, I'm going to hit you 20 ground balls. If you feel like you need to backhand it, backhand it. If you feel like you need to forehand it, forehand it. Routine ground ball, field it routinely. Um, giving them options and having players explore how their body moves and finding ways to solve problems, um, I think is something that that's really important. And, and being a perfectionist growing up, I didn't necessarily give myself that opportunity because with, with different options comes uncertainty and with uncertainty comes um, feeling uncomfortable. So I think, um, you know, making environments where players can explore different movement patterns, feel uncomfortable and make decisions, I think is one of the best things you can do for youth players. Eric, are you taking that same approach then with the facility side of things? Because I love the fact that we have a high school coach, pro coach, and then a facility owner. Um, are you taking that same approach on the facility side? Yeah. So we, again, we partnered with the Tigers this past year, and that's an organization through Iowa City where there's about 17, 18 teams that have been together for about four or five years. And we went more kind of what Justin was saying, a developmental approach rather than let's just win as many games as we can. So making sure everyone gets an opportunity to play whatever positions they want, making sure they develop in those positions and then throwing in maybe a game at the end of practice, you know, wall ball, um, line drive, draw off a tee, have to hit the back cage. You have to go pick the ball, put it on the tee, cheer your next teammate on. Just giving them that that stimulus of, hey, we want to have fun, but yet we want to develop at the same time. So just basing off exactly what Justin said, we throw a lot of things at them to help them develop, whether that's um, mentally, uh, their physical skills, and just being a great teammate. We wanted to be together as a whole. So one thing we did do is we took maybe, you know, we have them split into black teams, white teams, um, so the skill level teams with certain guys. And we took the three teams from like 10U, the three teams from 11 U and they all practice together. You know, they're different skill levels, but seeing that some people help each other. Some of the top tier 10, 11 year olds like to go down and, and help out some of the lower tier 11, you know, 10 year olds who, who are their friends and they want them to succeed and be better. So we, we kind of put them in the same environment and let them grow too. What's the ratio for you practice, uh, you know, practice schedule and game schedule with, with those young ages, how much you practicing as opposed to how much you guys are playing? So it varies per age group. Um, I don't have the exact numbers on how we broke it down, but the older they get, the more tournaments we allow them to play. Yep. With the younger they are, the more practices and, and more developmental side we have for them. So that, that's what we were planning to go to until obviously this pandemic hit. Um, so we don't know if we're going to be able to play any for sure. But we, the younger they are, the more developmental process and, and more kind of rec league games we have them so they can develop. And then the more – kind of state tournament here, maybe a tournament here and a tournament there. So maybe three or four for like nine U, 10 U. And then the older they get, the higher skill level they get, maybe the more tournaments they're able to go into. Lee, again, you coached for a long time. What was great about parents lately? And then what could parents learn now from parents of the past? Oh, wow. That's a good one. Um, Probably patience. Um, I also think in today's world, um, parents take their son or their daughter and get them involved in sports and they do more select type of sports than just let's play everything. And that was one thing I was going to say, as you were talking to boys, I was thinking, you know, let younger kids experience other sports and other situations to find out what fits them and what they enjoy more than others. Um, 
you know, as Justin went through school, he changed his perception of different sports on his successes, but yet on what he enjoyed. Um, Eric had a more of a different line the way, as he went through high school and things he wanted to do. And there was even a couple of things he, he would have loved to have tried in college if he would have had the opportunity. But again, that's because he loved what he was doing. Justin made a point about cookie cutter um, approach. Um, I think with, with little guys and, and girls, you need to do the basics to start with. But remember, there, there are different ways to teach something. And it's not just one robotic way to work with athletes. And I think that's where you lose some young kids when it becomes boring in that respect to where it's the same rubber stamp every day, every day, every day. But I, I think parents need to you know, let, let the kids experience some things. Um, let the coaches coach. Um, you know, Usually if a parent um, puts a puts son or daughter on a team, let them experience that and let the coaches teach them. Um, I think too many parents try to get involved and too many parents try to make some decisions and then overrule the coach. And then you've got issues and the kids obviously see that and uh, they're not going to be able to, um, um, they're not going to be able to um, um, have that control anymore over the younger athletes. Um, if you decide to do select sports or so I'm just going to play baseball, I'm just going to play soccer then put all your marbles in that basket, get as much help, as much training, as many things as you can do to try to, to reach that level. But yet it's still got to be fun. Um, we've, I've run into a few parents that, uh, that they're so drive, drive, drive their kids. It drives their kids right out of the sports and they're tired and burned out after, um, after high school or even go through high school. Um, so I think you need to, again, sit back, let your kids enjoy it. Um, sometimes high school is all your kids are going to participate in and play in and, then they're going to be done. And then sometimes I'll always hear from those parents that now they're sitting back going, wow, it's over. What, what do we do now? What did I, what should have I done differently? And, um, some of those things you kind of pick up as you go along. You still doing eighth grade football? No, this, well, I finished it this past you fall. Did, so this was it. This was it. I'm totally out of coaching. And, and this virus has really made my first summer without baseball kind of a long retirement. Uh, <laughs> and, and that's why I'm glad I'm still running the coaches association in Iowa. So it keeps me involved, but Obviously, the virus has uh, we we got a lot of things we got to figure out now. If, yeah. Are we going to have a little bit of a high school season this summer in Iowa? We may, we may not. Um, that will determine if we have an all star series with our seniors. That will determine if we do a junior showcase with our sophomores and juniors. And so there's a lot, a lot of things with, that we've got to make some decisions. But um, I knew when I retired from coaching high school baseball last summer that, that this would keep me going. You know, I got the boys. I got two grandsons coming up that we hope are somewhat athletic <laughs> and do some things. But um, I mean, it, it was time. Um, yeah, I felt I feel good about where I'm at right now. Um, I've talked to Justin and, and Eric a number of times about after a teaching career, maybe getting involved back in profession. I was a scout for a while in my younger days with the Reds. And and then as the boys got older and Lindsay got older and got involved, I had to step away so I could be around them. And, and there's things I still missed with all three of them that I regret today. You know, Eric still hits me hard for missing the NCAA regionals his senior year down in Missouri. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. Mom and grandpa went. I've taken a regional in forever <laughs> in Iowa, and you don't show up. <laughs> Unbelievable. I had to go coach a high school doubleheader in Johnston. You showed up to the Big Ten tournament, and you didn't come down to the regional. <laughs> See, still catching heck for that one, but – Anyway, what else would you guys like to add before I let you go? I think uh, I think for anybody who is in a situation where um, you're playing for a parent or you're coaching a child, I think the worst thing you can do is to try and be perfect. I don't think there's ever going to be a perfect uh, scenario for that. And I think 
just learning along the way, learning as you go. I would say that the biggest uh, and most important part of that is just communicating. Um, you know, I think there's things that that my dad and I went through that my brother and I, or my brother and him probably didn't go through just because he, we learned as we went along. Um, so I would just say embrace it and enjoy it because, uh, like my dad mentioned earlier, a lot of, a lot of times it's over before, uh, before you expect it or before you know it. So just have fun and enjoy it and, 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 and don't feel like you got to be perfect and that there's a perfect way to do it because everyone's different. So, um, that would just be my last two cents on that. Yeah, I would, I would agree with what Justin was saying there. Um, one thing I do want to say is first and foremost, my, I mean, our parents, um, my dad, and my mom, they raised us to be right human beings, um, outside of sport, which that, that kind of played into sport too, where you know, we're, we're the best human possible outside of sport we can be first and then carry that on to the, and what we do in sports and athletics. And I think they raised us the right way. I don't think there's anything they would go back and change to this day. Um, I know I was, I may be a little more wild one than my brother was. Um, but um, on that point, it's just, it's just they raised us the right way and, and the way they did things. I, I don't think they would change anything. I know I wouldn't change anything looking back at it as well, what I've learned and, and how, how things went growing up, I would say. The second one usually, Eric, the second one usually is because you learn from the older sibling, like on what you can get away with and what you can't oh. get away with. Yep, for sure. Yep. You had a pretty easy path. I paid <laughs> Here you go. Here Easy you go. now. You both yeah. were really good players and, and interesting. You know, Eric was an outfielder and Justin was an infielder and pitched, um, you know, and both really, really good players. So um, I appreciate you guys coming on. Love you guys. And, um, you know, hopefully we get all get through this and we're back playing baseball here soon. Absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate yeah, having us on, Coach. Yep. Thanks, Take guys. Baseball truly is America's pastime. We are all stewards of this great game. I'm so excited to shine a light on these unique perspectives. All of these guests show their passion and love for each other and the great game of baseball. This is Ryan Brownlee signing off for the American Baseball Coaches Association. Thanks for listening to Father and Son, and remember to leave it better for those behind you.